I'm Bahumit. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to the monologues. This time on the monologues, for a huge first time ever, we revisit the frozen waste of the Great White North in the long dark from Hinterland Studios. Because we love this game so much, we felt this title deserved another episode. And we knew we'd need something to help us venture further into the mysterious tundra with any hope of doing more than just surviving the cold. So we bring you Mother's Winter Grind. Yes, and I'm going to just slow it down for a minute and open these up <laughs> before I explode to talk about this game, dude. <laughs> I know. I just... I, oof, I am so happy. Best decision to continue on with a game probably ever. I don't know how we're going to stop playing this game. How do we not do another uh, part three to this game? It's it's on the table, I think, isn't it? I think so. I think Maybe not uh, immediately. I don't know. Maybe immediately. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't think we do it right away. I think this is something that we maybe put down for a while and come back and see how it, how it uh, ages over the next little bit um, after we get another set of games under, under our belts, I think. Yeah, but, I'd be okay with that. You know, this is a, this is a game, I, I think it took us both by surprise based on what we saw initially before we picked it out, like gameplay, footage, didn't look like it was much. Um, there didn't seem to be a lot of hype around it, but then when you get in and actually play the story mode, it's it's not overly complex with without having. I mean, but it is to some degree. But it is for some reason like insanely complex. If you don't plan and uh, do everything uh, appropriately, you will die in this game. Like it's it's challenging and. I've even seen after playing this game more that people are saying like, you know, they just want to ratchet, ratchet up that challenge even more. And that's, that's what I feel this game is good at. It's like, it's delivering this really robust, great story along with this really, really tough challenge. And there's even levels to that challenge to go with. So, I mean, let's, let's jump back. I mean, uh, I guess first things first, I didn't even pop my beer. That's how much I want to talk about this damn thing. I know, but <laughs> I know I poured mine and it looks just like coffee. It, it does. Like a, oh, dude. I don't know if you can see. Look at that. So that's actually darker than coffee. Is that possible? I don't if you know. Triple, if you triple brewed coffee through the same filter, this is what it looked like. This coffee or this uh, beer was one that was up on the list for the cri- the Christmas episode. So when we went on yeah. my shopping spree, mother's, uh, uh, winter, uh, winter grind was one of the ones that I almost picked out. It was in the shopping cart and I was kind of like putting them back and forth of which one is most Christmassy, right? In winter grind, it's great for the winter season, but it didn't seem very Christmassy. Yeah. And so transparency, I've actually tried this beer on draft because I got it on a draft line. I got it put in a restaurant. And so I have tried one drink of this on draft and thought it was good. And now I'm trying it bottle. And it does not disappoint. It has a good coffee flavor. I mean, just smelling it, it smells like coffee, like fresh coffee grounds. It's, yeah, it, it's that's what it does smell like. A very robust coffee. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we, we tackled this again, right? Long, dark. Here we go. And I would say the word captivating fits it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. Like, I mean, pretty much just regurgitating everything you just said. I, I never would have guessed this. I'm happy we came back at it. And I don't know how we're going to stop playing it. Um, <laughs> it's 
you know, so where we left off is what I got to episode two. So, yeah, the first, yeah, the first go around, you got farther than I did for the first time ever, I think, in a game. And yeah. uh, yeah, I kind of, at least I kept the pace. I, you didn't really get, you didn't beat me either. We got pretty, I mean, you probably could have, but yeah, I put I a mean, lot of time in this one. I think we, so I, I definitely put a lot of time into this one too. Um, I know that after the gameplay through, I had, see, uh, about a day and a half, a little over a day and a half in gameplay time. Uh, all said and done. I'll have to check that out. I yeah. really don't know how many hours. Um, I did spend, yeah, so I did oh, go, go back through. So as I was playing through the rest of the first chapter after you, after we completed, as we were, I was completing the, my first, um, or playing through what was left for me to get to the second chapter. I continued going through the, um, the first chapter and I did a lot of the side quest stuff. I got all of the caches in the side quest. I went all the way off into BFE way up to the North of that map off onto the bridge where they said like a wealthy, um, uh, I don't know, a wealthy person, I guess was trying to escape and maybe had left, left a bunch of equipment. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had gone all the way up there, got all of that stuff. I mean, I went everywhere I possibly could in that first map and got everything completed before I went to chapter two. Yeah. I, I guarantee you did more side stuff than me, and that's weird. Usually, I get lost in side quests. I think a a little a little bit of it was because I wanted to move farther, you know, for the podcast. But honestly, a big part of it was I was so curious. This is a mysterious game. That's kind of what pulled yeah. me. And it's so the surviving thing and boiling the water and having food and killing things, getting attacked by wolves. Which, by the way, the wolves were never as vicious to me in the first part until we I got to the where you well we'll get into it we'll get into what happens yeah 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 uh because the second go around i had a lot more battles with wolves attacking me but uh anyway oh where do you want to go from this i'll actually so i'll, I'll let I mean, you start i mean let's pick up where we left off i mean we peck we left off with um jeremiah right we mm -hmm. were just rescued by by well we just rescued jeremiah that's what the last thing that you did um, so, and I got to experience that too. You know, you, you end the first chapter with coming off of the mountain after getting the climbing equipment from, uh, gray mother. And so you make it down, you get to the bottom of that, you come across Methuselah, Methuselah first, again, right? And then you, so he can uh, say some more cryptic, weird stuff to you. And it doesn't stop there. It mm. does not stop there. He, he keeps showing up, but we'll get to that. Um, but then you come across Jeremiah and he's being mauled by a bear and, uh, tosses or flings a gun at you. You pick it up and, uh, fire and it goes black. And so you find yourself inside of Jeremiah's cabin. Well, hold time. Mm -hmm. Uh, does it play the credits before that? Yeah, it does go through the credits. It's a, so they so it's kind of like a this game. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. So that, that's one of the really cool, neat things about this game is that it, it does these really condensed episodic um, stories in the way that it does its, its, um, story mode. So the, I mean, it, it does have two versions that you can play through. It's like just the, the flat out survival mode that you can do. And what we've been playing is the winter mute or the story mode. And in that story mode, it's broken up into chapters. And then even those chapters are broken up into episodes. So it's, it's very episodic. It has, it was written like somebody was writing a screenplay, I think. Yeah. I kind of. Yeah. Everything has a, 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 a beginning, middle, and end. It, it kind of progresses. You can see how the story is going. There's, there's points that you're trying to get to, and it's always pushing you along. I mean, 
it does just push you along and you can get lost out in the way, especially as you're going along as Will moving into chapter two, because the first chapter is all about getting you acclimated to the world, I think. Yeah. You know, what are, what is, what is it like to be out in these really frigid temperatures with no food, no way to keep warm and you have to boil all of your uh, water, right? It's just getting you used to that. Well, and it's fluid too, because it's not a consistent weather pattern. I mean, no, right. Yeah. You can, How many blizzards do you, you get stuck out in, right? Yeah. Just You random. can go out once and be like, oh, this ain't that bad. My temp's fine. I'm doing good. And you can truck along. You can go out again and run into the situation like I did where you're like hauling ass to hope you make it to, a, you know, somewhere to take, take shelter. Right. Uh, because you're going to die if you don't or get exactly. hypothermia. I don't think you'd die. Probably. I never did get the effect from it because I got there. I mean, literally with zero in my meter, but yeah. You're right. So yeah, I think the first one was definitely getting you used to the world. And the second one's definitely a little more open. Um, I mean, even your first quest coming out of that, which will, you know, so we'll go back to it. So it ends, it does the credit roll, mm-hmm. totally tricks you like the game's over. And then asks if you want to continue to episode two. Right. And you continue on in episode two. And fortunately, you get to keep all of your gear for Will. Thank God. And Yeah, I know. Gosh, starting over with that would suck. That would be the worst thing ever. And you... We'll talk about that later. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it does, it, you do get to keep all of everything, but, um, uh, so you're, you're kind of there with Jeremiah and at that point he's on death's door. I mean, you've got to do what you can to save him because he's your only connection to what else could be out there. Just like grandmother was, you have no other person that is there and despite what he may or may not look like or how he may or may not act, you have nobody else you can trust. So you've got to get him at least to a point of being able to talk to you. Um, and so he, he lets you know that there is an abandoned um, dam that uh, may have medical supplies and may have radio parts to help get the radio up, up and running and get him uh, well, stop him from dying, I guess. <laughs> so that's kind of the first quest that it sets you out on. And all in that, it, it also, he tells you about the bear. And that bear's been after him for a while. Yeah, and let's get into that bear for a minute. So this, I talked about last time, my love for brainstorming where this story is going. And it only gets deeper. <laughs> because Methuselah threw me off, Grey Mother threw me off. Everything's thrown me off in this game. I killed the inmate dude or whatever. I still think he's evil. Uh, but that's beside the point. Everything throws you off. It, it doesn't get any better. It's, but it's weirdly like intriguing. It like keeps pulling you through the story. So he tells you about this bear and you're thinking, well, it's still just got to be a normal bear. No, it's really not, I would say, a normal bear and at no. all. No. Uh, very far from a normal bear. But you, oh, what's the first part? It, so it, you, he sends you out. Mm-hmm. practically cattywampus to the other side of the map to right. the maintenance place right yeah it's that? like it's up northeast of where his his place is at his place is uh like the south southwest corner of the map and up on the very top northeast of this map that you've got is where this dam is located so you've got to follow the train tracks all the way up to that point and what was the first what was that he sent you up there for the first time i can't even remember now the medical supplies Oh, that's right to heal him. Mm-hmm. So I stopped and, and on the, the transponders, way. like they and the transponders to see about getting the radio up and running. Okay, and so I stopped along the way at that like Hunter's Lodge deal mm-hmm. by the Frozen Lake, 
Yeah. And I spent like a day there. Um, I spent a good bit of time. I actually wandered. So before anything, like just because I wandered all the way out onto the lake, all the way across the lake, out onto the cabins across the lake, I, I wandered. Yeah. Uh, just because that's my nature. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it, it was easy to do too. Like, I mean, it, like I said, I was getting pulled to want to do that, especially because they do give you these little side quests of like, mm-hmm. like you said, these caches that are hiding and stuff, hiding and stuff like that. And there's one of the forest talkers you text me about. One yes. of them's by that lake. Correct. So that's where, okay. <clears throat> so this is where I think a lot of the side story comes into the play, uh, into play. So this is where they start introducing you to a group that is not necessarily directly impactful to the story yet, but has, is tangentially like introduced to the storyline. And if you read through the notes and clues that you get along the way, you kind of get some feelings about what is going on or why things are going on if you're following that side quest. But it doesn't necessarily mean that has anything to do with you or what you're doing. It just means this is why it is the way it is. So yeah, because right now you the reasoning why it happened, but not exactly what you, what you're going to do about it or what you're going to do to get out of that situation. Even. Yeah. Because at this point, all you know is that electronics don't work and you don't really know why. Correct. You know, uh, you're still, there's still never any definitive thing that has said there is something weird going on it's all no it's all easily explained through you're in an isolated frozen place it could just be happening right uh you know this you know the mystery the only evidence is that okay so no cars are working electronics are working or whatever and so that that like the mystery to me was around that and so Mm -hmm. you go so i took off from there spent my time there gathering looting whatever you know, starting a fire. I was all big about having a fire going for 10 hours so I could sleep by warmth. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And did you ever have your clothes frozen at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had to thaw them things out. Your, so your clothing. That you I did more so when we get to the second part of the map. We'll talk about that. A little yeah. Bit, but, <laughs> <laughs> I already know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. So I headed from there. And I think there's a uh, oh, there's also a, um, oh, a tower. And I ventured mm-hmm. up there and explored. And when I finally got up there, what happens when you go through the gate? This enormous psycho, uh, mythological bear creature—I can't even call it a normal bear—attack like comes at you behind the gate, and so it's kind of been stalking you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't think that just yet, but it has been. Right. And then you go in there, you get the stuff, you make it back, and then what is it? I'm trying to think of the next. So I mean, but all along the way, the, the number of wolves is has been ramping up. Like, yes, that's true. That I mean, that's one thing I did notice. Like, so. They weirdly enough, they barely attacked me though. Um, they do. They do have a pretty wide radius. If you can spot them, you can steer steer clear of them. Um, but that does change depending on events that are going on that happen a little bit later, and we can talk about that as we go further too. But yeah, so let's let's continue a little bit. Right. So I I got that stuff. I went back to him, and then he sends you kind of the opposite direction through. The snow tunnel, but he right. tells you, let me think here. Is this where this isn't the spear yet? This is. Yeah, no, it's the spear. He tells you about the spear. He sends you on to get the spear. Oh yeah, he right. does. Yeah, yeah. Because so, you pass, you pass the, the transponder deals. So you, once you make it back to him, you get him, you get him the, the bandages and the strong painkillers and antibiotics that he needs to stay alive. He, you give him the radio parts. 
um, so that he can start working on it. And then he tells you a little bit more about the bear. And, well, he tells you about a bear. And it may not be the bear, but it's a bear. And it's an, a mythological bear from 150 years ago that was right. um, uh, attacking a, uh, a, fa- a Spence, what, the Spence family, I think it was. And the only thing that ended up uh, happening with that is they forged a spear and the spear was the only thing that could handle the bear. Uh, but it, they don't know that it actually killed the bear. It just, it, it uh, drove the bear away. They never saw the bear again. And then that spear lived in the Spence family home until the family home was destroyed. And a collector kept the spear and moved it somewhere else down the, down the road into another cabin. Now. And so they you, sent, he sends you to go get that spear. Right. And it is, uh, it's a little bit of a hike. That's not terrible. It's, it's, it's far, a pretty good it's hike. much, yeah, it's, it's much further than you've ever gone up to yeah. this point. It's much further. I, Right, I would say it's probably twenty, thirty percent farther than the the maintenance place from the house. I, eh, yeah, maybe even thirty, forty, forty percent. It's pretty far because you go through an entire map to the, to another part of the map. Right now, I'll take it. For, I'll take this part if you want to. So you go for it. Okay, so in the first episode, we to this we talked about they they do this thing where they drop music randomly, and it's almost always mm-hmm. a sign. Um, it's an eerie, ominous sound. And they do that, and they also do the way they do the visuals in this game. The graphics aren't super gra- like it's not like high graphics or anything. Like they're just astounding. No. But you always get that sense something's going to happen. Kind of like the bus. You, I felt like a horror movie when I peeked up to see the perseverance and blood. I thought something was going to happen. Well, right. On your way to this cabin, yeah. uh, to find this spear, you go through a what's like a train cart trolley thing that's on its side yeah so so the whole way there you're you're following train tracks and there's trains derailed so there was some big seismic event um trains derailed all during that event there is one train cart that is blocking your path and so to get through it you crawl through the train path well going into that is what you're talking about yeah so it kind of does this ominous thing and i had a vibe way before which I hate to use that word. I'm vibing. I hate that word, but it's beside the point. You jump in the dang cart, and I was like, uh, this something's up. Something's up. You come around the corner, this big ass mammoth bear, prehistoric bear, walks around the corner and once again surprises you. But this time he comes at you, jumps up on the trolley cart, the train cart thing, rolls it over. And I'll let you you can go from there. We'll let you pick up a little bit. Whoa, I don't even remember other than that whole scene where he rolls the cart over and what you come to uh, afterwards, but like he's, he's not there anymore, right? He's he's not there and you're not in the cart anymore. You're not. Yeah. You've been knocked in the cart. Like 30 feet away, you see a fire. Who is there? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So you've been knocked from the cart and outside of there is Methuselah sitting there and he knows what you've been going for, right? right? Pause, pause. Mm-hmm. So at this point, besides the 57 storyline tangents, my brain was like, okay, so what's going on? At this point, I had a Bjorn Lord of the Rings moment. Methuselah's the damn bear. You know, like I was like, maybe he's the bear. All of a sudden he rolls you over, but you don't get eaten. And right. Methuselah's just sitting there chill. Like there's just like, there's this 9,000 pound killing machine, prehistoric bear. And he's just over there with a fire, like no big mm-hmm. deal. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I saw him. He, 
he kind of, you know, tickled you for a little bit, then walked away. And I just let him like, what? Like, yeah. you know, so I'm like, I'm in my brain just going crazy. Like, what does this mean? And then, of course, he has some more cryptic shit to say, like ominous, weird, futuristic stuff. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, but that's your so that's your introduction into the craziness. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Okay. I remember this part now. Yeah, that's bit, that was a, a bit ago. Okay. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot more story that comes after this. Um, but yeah, so that's your introduction to the craziness. So you wake up. It's uh, well, when I woke up, and I assume this is the same time you woke up. You wake up at nighttime. Yep. And you wake up during an aurora. So the aurora borealis is going on, and aurora is going on. You see the night lights in the you know the lights in the sky, and so Methuselah is sitting there, and it's not just He's just sitting there with this fire. He's sitting there with this mystical fire. It's it's kind of reacting funny. It doesn't look just normal. And then you kind of look off a little bit past Methuselah, and the lights are on. Like, the electric lights are on. But they're not just behaving normally. They're kind of flickering a bit and glowing in a strange color that is reminiscent of the, the aurora going on. And so you can see that it leads all the way down the path to, to kind of where you're going. And it, it gets, I mean, as you go down that way, you can hear off in the distance wolf howls that aren't quite normal wolf howls. Like, so throughout this game, they do one really good thing in that the wolf howls sound really eerie and creepy when they're off in the distance. When they, you hear them, you start looking around. Oh, yeah. When you hear them, I mean, you, I start, you get a little panic and you start looking around. Oh, yeah. You start jerking and stuff. But these don't sound normal. They're off pitch, multi-toned. Um, they're, they're very eerie, um, but they're like singing Aurora wolves. And they, they so as you get closer to and them, they're starts, glowing. Right. You get closer to them, you start to see they're like glowing, glowing this light, like uh, neon green like some shades uh, like a pink in there sometimes like they have this really weird shading to them. They're glowing. Made me think of like the Ninja Turtle ooze or something like radiation, (laughs) like bright green ooze on them or something. I was like, what? And this is where they become very erratic. Um, they will sometimes not attack you at all, but then other times be very super hyper aggressive and like murderous. I don't know if you have (laughs) no, all mine that. You know what I experienced on mine? Yeah. They would panic and run away. So I got a bit of that too at first. So I would walk up. What I would see is they would see me and then they would jolt off. And then as I'd walk closer, like trying to understand what was going on, they would run back at me, start their sing howling again, and then panic, jolt off. And then about like the third time they did it, all of a sudden it was war and they were coming (laughs) at me. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it uh, escalated quickly. So besides the Aurora lights being on, you said the street lights were on too. You know what else is on? Yeah. What's that? Oh, the, the cars. Like everything was like everything was lit. Oh, up. you took that literal. I was going to say our Facebook page, Instagram. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's on too. Anytime. If you want to uh, follow, like, subscribe, comment, uh, offer up suggestions. <laughs> I'm going to try to find as many crappy ways to flip that in on our episodes as much as I can. And you guys listen, you're listening to us at, please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Thank you. That's check number one for tonight. Number two, uh, these are pop top bottles. Infinity Gauntlet in full swing. That's all I'm going to say. 
uh, normal glass, no Star Wars glass tonight. But yeah, so and the first thing you come across is like a machine shed. Yeah. And I actually about died in there because while the Aurora Knights are on, all electronics and stuff are working. Right. And so it, hot wires are too if they are cut. And so the first thing I did was go exploring in there before moving on the quest, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of glad I did because then I knew, you know, on the way back, we'll get to that why. But so I explored that whole building before I moved on and mm-hmm. I got the shit burned out of me, I did, which <laughs> I actually had an abundance of painkillers. Oh, but yeah. But what I found out is, you can take painkillers for burns and it does nothing sometimes. So I think I was like cracked out on like six or eight painkillers. Like, okay, that's clearly not working. And you had to bandage it too. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Have to bandage. So, it, so if you look <laughs> yeah. at your, so it if you look at your status or, screen, yep. it says it says bandage and painkillers. Yeah, together. I'm a, I'm not always on it, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those times. So I figured that out, got healed up, and I hadn't really had a lot of since the beginning of this game. You know, remember we talked about. My start to this game was a little bit rough. Yeah. Uh, and and I, didn't, I don't know if I said this earlier, but kind of one of the reasons I wanted to do this game again was because so I, I was able to find you. Know, we talked about our ratings before and we weren't really sure. We didn't go back and check, but mm-hmm. I did find out. I did rate this game an 8.9. Yeah. And one of the things I was curious about is I really thought that would go down. But I'm not. I, we'll get to the end of this and talk about it. But I, it, this game has been surprising on a lot of levels. And so I'm glad we did it again. Uh, and like moving forward through this, you know, so I had that rough start and it, up until this point, I really hadn't had a lot of deaths um, or any problems, a few hiccups, but nothing crazy, nothing I wasn't able to fix. So I had that burn and that did, it either killed me or almost killed me. I burned a bunch of stuff to get it taken care of, explored in there, went up, got the spear is like North of that. And you kind of go, I think you have to go to the side and go up a hill. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking the whole time the bear was going to come there too. I kept getting a vibe going up that hill. And never happened. I don't know if you got right. that too. Yeah. But when you went through that gate to go up that hill over there, did you think the same thing? Like he's going to show up. I mean, you, you kind of get that feeling that he's going to show up a lot more than he does actually show up. He just, right. yeah. Like when he shows up, he shows up at the right times to give you the creeps for the rest of the time that you're out for the there. rest of the time you're out there. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I went in the cabin and this is, I actually talked to you about this. I made sure you got to this part because I was so anxious to ask you this and I'm still, there's still no explanation of this. Uh-huh. And you see so you go in and you find the spear and the phone on the wall rings. Yes, it does. And at this point, there's no Aurora night going on. No. So you wouldn't think, why would that phone be ringing? And you'd find the phone. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I like started looking around. Yep. I like search for the phone. I find it on the wall and then it goes dead. You Correct. can't answer it. You cannot answer it. And I was like, just, just so effing anxious for you to play to that part. So I could ask you if it happened to you too. And it did. Yep. You know? And so you get the spear and you're still like in your mind, you, even your character, McKenzie never out loud says, huh, that's strange. The phone was ringing. Nothing. Nope. Yeah. Then, he doesn't even the, acknowledge it. Doesn't even acknowledge it. And the whole house is like creaking and stuff. So then I was like, is someone in the house? You know, like there's someone in the house. Like I was like, the whole time <laughs> I, I searched the whole house with that tense. Like, I mean, if the phone's ringing up here, it's creaking and stuff. I thought someone's in here waiting for that. I don't know. It was so creepy. Right. And it's not meant to be. I don't think I don't feel like this game's meant to be creepy, but because mm-hmm. of the environment, it kind of is. Like I don't know if I, that's not what they didn't go for. I mean, I think they meant think? to go for a really tense vibe. Yeah, t- tense, but like I don't know. That's what it is. It's just tense, you know? Like what would you feel out there on your own in a very I I mean, the most isolated you could possibly be. Possibly be, yeah. 
I there mean, is no more other than isolation. in space. Yeah, unless you're in space and a ship's you know floating off into the great right. abyss. I don't know how you could be any more I mean, isolated. Alien isolation is literally the only more isolated you get, right? <laughs> that, that us saying that isolated thing, the game's just nodding at us, you know, like really, <laughs> really, you know. So you no, know, and so you go back down the hill and you make your way back, and as you're about to go through the map that leads to the this map that you would be on, um, where the cabin is, where Jeremiah's cabin is, mm-hmm. uh, the bear walks up on the cliff beside you but doesn't attack you. Right. No, he, he gives he you a good looks, look, though. <laughs> gives you a good look, which he had to just be, after knowing what I know now from inter- encountering with him as we, you go on, oh, he but- had to have been full to the gills. He must have just ate 87 wolves and, <laughs> and like three humans or something because he d- doesn't mess with you. He's got to be full. It's the only thing I can think of. But on your way back, you get to forge the tip of the spear. And so you oh, get that's to learn. Right. Sorry, I didn't. Yep. I didn't miss that part. But I mean, but that's pretty cool. Like you get to learn that you get to do a little bit more in this. Like to me, that kind of, uh, opens up like what is survival mode like even because yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, if, uh, if, if you're forging like just spear tips as part of quest lines, I wonder if in like full on survival mode, what more do you get to forge out there? Well, did you see, you can still forge one even after that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would be an excellent weapon. Yeah. Right. You can go make another one. It really works well against wolves. I mean, it, it worked really well against the bear, even. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, when you're fighting in a, for an immortal bear, yeah, it works really good for an immortal bear that you fight. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. Right. So you go back. He gives you the nod, like, like your meals on wheels. He just ain't hungry at this <laughs> moment, you know. Like, I'll follow you, you know. Like you're yeah. in a food cart, you know. Oh, yeah. you're going to you're going to Eighth and Johnson next. Yeah, I'll be down there for lunch. You know, just like no big deal. <laughs> so you get back to Jeremiah, and God, what does he even say now? Now he like it confirms the bears stalking you. He does confirm that. I think when you go back. Yeah, yeah. Because you tell him about it, and he's like, "Oh, he's definitely stalking you. You're gonna want that spear with you." Right. And then he gives you the next quest. Well, because he tells you about the radio from the Aurora Night. No, doesn't the doesn't it kick on a little bit? And don't you don't you play with it a little bit then it kicked on for him and he tells you about it oh, that's right okay okay and he goes it was spitting and spattering and ch- shouting and he hits right. or whatever and he's yeah, like so i think we Aurora, get amp- that's right yep so he's like i think we could amplify, amplify it. it if you go to these three spread out towers with a frozen lake in the middle and which i forgot to say this so when you come back with that spear after you forged it mm-hmm. this is one of the closest moments to death i came to for from from environment yeah, because I, there's a huge blizzard that rolls in on your way back. Well, for and you it did. It didn't for me. It didn't for you. No, Holy it's all crap, timing. Dude. It's randomized weather. Oh, dude, it really is random. Then I thought it was that was part of the storyline. No, nope, I had to sprint random. in the middle of that railroad track path. So there's this big map. You have one lateral railroad track from you know from east to west or west to east. You know, straight across the middle of the map. And in the dead center of that is a cart that's got like a a bedroll and a fire can in it. And I mean, I was at a dead sprint mm-hmm. and every time I'd run out of speed out of stamina or whatever, I would like let it charge up and sprint again because my meter hit zero on temp and I'd never had that happen at that point. I was always able to find shelter. I yeah. barely got back in there before, you know, whatever was going to happen, death or whatever, and started a fire, slept for the night. I right. mean, that's how this game is. You can't quit. You, your quest are dictated by the weather. Like, yes, yeah, that was a perfect scenario. Like I, Oh, you want to run through this game? Go for it. You see right. how far you get when you get stopped by the weather, because that's what happened. 
exactly. was trying to progress through this story and still had no choice but to stop and take shelter. And that, I weirdly think that's awesome. That I mean, that's one of the cool things about this game. There is no speed run to this game. Like, you will go as fast as the game allows you to go. If if you've got clear weather, yeah, you can move pretty quickly sometimes. And keep your weight under somehow. How in the world? Um, I got better at that. Like after, so we talked a little bit about that. Like you, you, you kind of chided me a little bit, I think, um, in the, in like having, uh, cause I, you said that you were keeping like just maybe five or 10 pounds overweight. At I never times. kept 10 over five pounds is the most I ever went over. And, and I if was, I was well fed for three days, whatever, you get that little five pound boost. You get like and an so, 11 pound boost, something like that. It's crazy. Oh, for mine, I had five pound boost for really? whatever reason. Yeah. I don't hmm. know what the difference or how you do dictate that, but I had a five pound boost. So I could carry 40 pounds. Was it? Yeah. I could carry 40 pounds. Really? With, yeah. Without that, I could only carry 35. Okay. Huh? And well, <clears throat> go ahead. Well, yeah. Anyways, I, after that point, I like started, I just went back to, um, Jeremiah's cabin and I, I took out everything in my pack down to the clothes that I had on. I mean, I took off even the clothes I had on and then just started putting things back on piece by piece and then saying, okay, what are the things that I absolutely need to have? So just tools first. I think I solved food. your mystery, by the way. Yeah. Of your eight pounds. Did you ever figure oh, that out? Oh yeah. So I took everything off and I still had eight pounds on me. Do you know what the answer is? No. Quest items. Astrid's case. Gotcha. You can't drop it and has a weight at the beginning of the game when you put it on the plane. Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. So I solved that. Um, I just forgot to tell you about it because you told me that. <laughs> and I was like, there has to be an answer, which this game, for all the amazing parts about this game, I, I will get into this and we get into the next episode or whatever on not our podcast, but on the game, there is some glitchy stuff that happened to me and I'll explain. Um, it's kind of like an issue. It's happened to me more than once. So, hmm. but anyway, yeah. So the weight thing, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just, I, I took everything off. I took everything out of my packs. So I took, everything I could possibly think of to take off and just said, okay, what are, what are the bare, bare essentials? And just went down to that. I mean, bare I, essentials. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's too good to pass up. I'm glad you said that. Those bare essentials. I mean, I even started limiting the amount of water I was taking. So I'm like, I'm only taking like 0.26 of a gallon with me at most, like at most, like I'm barely taking water. Like I lowered mine too. Once I figured out what filled you up completely on hydration was, mm -hmm. was 5.5. Mm -hmm. So I started just keeping around two to three um, yeah. pounds of water instead of five or six. Yeah. That's, that's about where I, I ended up at. And so just doing things like that. And then what I found is um, the tools take up a lot more than you realize. Uh, so you have to, to, to really just budget the rest. I mean, it's basically you're not going to carry any firewood with you other than your None. starting materials. Right. Yep. Tinder plugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And maybe accelerate. And then accelerate. Accelerator if you had it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That and um, food values on weight. So one of the things I found was the best was the saltine crackers. Yep. High yeah. calorie, low weight. I mean, you high really start that's watching. What I started, that's what I started doing. Like yeah. high calorie, low weight. First thing I would eat, I would like immediately. Canned as soon as food. I got it. As soon as I got it, I'd shove the canned food in my face and then th ditch the can. Yeah. Like, you dude, you'd end up with like eight recycling can recycle cans to use for like warming water up and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't need all these, you know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things I just started doing to, to try to optimize that. But I mean, it's just stuff you learn as you go on. Like 
And that's stuff you'd probably be learning real time in that situation too. Like you're not going right. to know that stuff. You're just going to learn like, it as you go. What's worth, you know, trudging through the blizzards with <laughs> what's actually worth it. Right. So yeah. So you get back, he sends you to, and like, so you dumped all your stuff there. I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, he gives you the thing, Hey, we we can boost this radio. We can get a signal out to get of a hold of perseverance mills. Uh, and he, he, but his mystery kicks in too. He's like, I need someone. I got to get a hold of someone too. And yeah, just and starts, you kind of argue with him to do it almost. Well, and he he ha- he brings out maps, and they're like, "Well, those don't those look like military maps, mm-hmm. right?" And I mean, so you start questioning what, like him and who he is, and then that, I mean that brings up a good point. Like anybody who's out here at the edge of nowhere is out there for a reason. And you said that to me, and right. I've been I've coined that ever since because now I when I've talked to. Shay's obsessed with this, by the way. Oh, yeah. So my, my nine-year-old stepson has listened to the episode, the first part of this, and he's now watched me play some. And he's looked up stuff at school because they have, like, free tablet time or whatever. He's uh-huh. looked up stuff on this game, and that kid can't keep a secret to save his life. So he's, like, <laughs> trying to, like, give me spells. I'm like, Shay, stop. I'm going to stop you right there. I don't want to know. That's how good this is. I don't want to know. I mean, this uh, yeah. isn't, like, it- homework for our podcast or, you know, like, oh, I got to play to try to make sure I know what's going on or which most of our games have been pretty enjoyable. There's only a few I feel like I had to push through um, right. just to know more about it and to give a good rating or, you know, an understandable rating. But like with this, I was like, nope, it's like a good movie. Like, nope, don't talk about it. I want to figure this out on my own. Yep. My 17 side stories I've made up or what I want to believe for now, you know, <laughs> let them get disproven by playing. Yes. That, I mean, but, that's how I feel. That's, I mean, I, I want to get back to talking about the forest talkers too, because that's where I'm at with that that whole storyline. Like, even though it's a sub, like a side quest, I want to. I have a theory about what, where they are and how they're involved. Okay. Yeah. Well, so he he you find out that little tidbit about Jeremiah that he's you you get the hunts of military and he kind of gets standoffish about it. You got you get a, I want to say an argument, but kind of a little bit. He wants you to get these transponders, yeah, or whatever, and. He's like, I got someone I got to get a hold of too, and he just kind of gets kind of weird for a minute, right? Which happens more than once out here in the old, you know, frozen tundra. We'll get into that. But so you go get these three, and they're spread out, triangulated, you know, north, you know, what southeast, southwest, whatever, right? And I wouldn't say that quest was real bad, but in in very formulated fashion. Each one has an event, <laughs> yes. Yeah, which I a little bit form a little bit easy to predict. Which is the only thing in this game so far that's kind of been easy to predict, especially after the first time. Yeah. Which tower did you go to first, and what happened? So I went to the north tower first. That was the first one I went to. Um, I went to the north tower and then worked my way to the southwest and then worked my way back to the southeast. That's I just went uh, clockwise, counterclock. You went counter- counterclock counterclockwise around the map. Yeah, I went clockwise, started with the same one. What happened to you when you went to that north one? So as soon as you get to the north one, as soon as you get up close to it, the bear attacks you. The north one, wolves attacked me. No bear. No bear. You didn't have a bear. Not on the first one. Really? I went north first, and the only reason I did is because I figured when you come out of that tunnel, it seemed like it made the most sense to follow that trail up because you could kind of see on the map kind of how you could go. And you had to go kind of past it and hook back almost uh-huh. like it wanted you to go Which you went counterclockwise, which maybe, so maybe that would have been started South. I think if you went South counterclockwise is actually the way you should go. No, based south, off how the terrain works, but South is I clockwise. Went, 
So like if you come, so coming out of the tunnel, so you're coming out of the tunnel coming from, from east to west. And if you go clockwise, you would go south out of the tunnel. Well, now I need to see the map. I feel like you come from the left, which would be the west. Is that no, not where you come out? Don't no. you come out of the west side? No, you come out of the east side. Well, I'm so confused. Okay, well, maybe yeah, I'm come th- in my head. I'm thinking of the map wrong then. But either way, so you the, come out of the, the east north side. Tower, go, I went to the north. The north. As soon as I got there, it happens at all. For me, it happened at all three places. See, as soon as me, you it only happened at two. As soon as you get there, you're attacked by the bear. Um, I think it's supposed to happen at all three places. Uh, it did. For if it me, did, you, if it did for you, I'm sure it's supposed to be so that I did not. I just had a shit ton of wolves attack me on the first one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like four or five wolves were hanging out up there. I mean, there was, there was m- a massive number of wolves along the way. That is for sure. You didn't like, have a pack of them at the top of the North one. Cause the North one's like up on a hill. There were wolves around. Yes. And Man, I did have I, to kill wolves on my way up that, up to that tower. See, but, mine came out like story mode almost because mine came out from the tower. They were at the base of the tower. No, mine were not at the base of the huh. tower, but mine were on the side of the, the mountain on the way up to the tower. Because I know which one you're talking about. You have to kind of go around the backside of that tower. Yeah. And then up come up. It. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. But and a no, bear came at you? Yeah. As soon as you go up the backside of that, the bear comes down. Weird. No. Yep. That never happened to me. And so uh, to stop the bear, you ha- he charges at you three times. And each time you have to lower the spear and hold it at the, for the right amount of time to impale him on the spear and then fight, fight for your life while th- holding the spear in his midsection until he decides to stop mauling you and uh, run off and, and turn around and charge you again. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's your encounters with the bear while you're trying to reach the radio towers. Once you do that for three times though, um, he, he runs away and, uh, and you can turn around and heal yourself, bandage yourself up and, uh, uh, apply whatever, uh, antiseptic you need and then go up to the tower and collect the transponder, uh, components. And he, no matter how many times you stab this bear and the if if this it was a humanoid with human anatomy, it would be the heart area. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stab him. I don't know. How, I mean, each time's three times, right? Yeah. Each event each, is three. Each times. event is three times. So yeah. So Nine you have times. a total right. Yeah. And he still does not. Die. Like I said, the immortal bear. Yes. The immortal nine thousand pound killing machine bear. Um. I mean, just it should have a it should have a name like a monster like. It should have be called more than just the bear, but whatever. So yeah, so you get all three transponders. You fight the bear. Like I said, I only fought him twice. Mm. And then, um, does he stop you again before? So on your way back out, so <clears throat> you once you get to the last one, you uh, are are on your way out. And this is the reason why I did it the way I did it is because. That last tower in the south uh, east is closest to the exit on your way back out, and so I just went back up to the to the exit. Oh, I definitely did it opposite to you because I did my tower was not by the exit. I had to because I think I went back to that middle part of the map and camped out for the night. I think. Gotcha. Yeah. So <clears throat> I didn't have to do that. I I just went straight back out. Um, and as soon as you get to the tunnel to exit, it brings up the option, and so you've got to click on it to to exit. And it, it usually brings up a little spin wheel, so you got to hold it down for a certain amount of time or whatever. And uh, it, it doesn't do it this time. Instead, it enters a cutscene, and you turn around, and there's the bear. 
and he doesn't give you a chance to lower the spear, doesn't give you a chance to interact, doesn't do anything. It's a cutscene, and that bear just comes and whoops your ass. Yes. Uh, mauls you and drags you away while you're screaming bloody murder. <laughs> yeah. And and much like do you did you ever see the ghost in the darkness? Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. lions from, that's what he does, which I don't think that's normal bear behavior either. He takes you back to his cave and like keeps you. Yeah. Those lions, they said those two lions the ghost of the darkness from Africa or whatever, they did the same thing. They would take they would take victims back to their cave and collect the bones. Had a whole mm. bone pit. And they said that's what was so weird about those two lions. This bear <laughs> did the same damn thing. Like yeah. he just had there was a bunch of bones in there, he just kept dragging you back to his cave. Right. And that whole how how tense was that whole moment? So that so the, yeah. So so it kind of gives you the feeling like that's the end of the the episode. But that's not the end of the episode. That's just the end of a chapter. And then you right. and then you move into the next chapter in the episode. And the chapter is uh, I think it's like what uh, what one man can do or something like that. Yeah. Um and uh so at this point you're just trying to escape from the bear's cave. And you have to do it like all stealth mode. When you it's, have none of your shit either. You have, yeah, you have nothing you can fight with. You have barely, but you have your clothes. That's yeah. That's all you've got on. You've got no backpack. You've got no nothing, nothing, nothing to do. So you've got to do as much as you can to sprint around the cave to try to find the spear that the bear has taken someplace. Yeah, I crouched and snuck and sprinted. And why is it when you go into crouch? Why does he move so slow? You're almost going backwards. <laughs> Did uh, you, when you tried to duck under things to like go through the little pa- like passways. Yeah. It was so slow. All I can think of every single time was m- the back of my head is about to be ripped off by this bear. <laughs> Cause you yeah. hear him like, like he knew you were there. Like he was right. on you and you're like, Oh shit. And you're like trying yeah. to get through there real quick. And then you just stop and you're like, okay. Yeah. So 10 so minutes yeah. later. Yeah. During that this- part, that, that's what I would do too. I was like, I would uh, try to find the next like little cave area to, to hide in. And uh, I would sprint between the two cave areas and then duck into them and then just kind of like crawl in and then look for the next cave area, stand up, sprint to the next one, duck in and, and crawl into it until yeah, eventually I found the sprint uh, spear. But yeah. And so if you ever, okay, so we, we talked about this. So you, you, you put the spear down. If you have to put it down in time and it burns your stamina because everything right. in this game burns stamina and calories. You know? Yes. So you have to really time when you put the spear down and then start stabbing him in the heart for the one millionth time. Yes. Well, in any other event that that happens, if you don't succeed on putting your spear down in time, it's game over. Yes. Lights out, game yes, over, reload. No, yeah. <laughs> I died because of mistiming at least two or three times to this stupid immortal bear. I did. And so you did too? Yeah. Okay, I don't feel as bad. And I would no. be like, I had my spear down. It was just like a halo event. <laughs> I, I, sh- I, I hit him. I shot, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's bullshit, you know? I was like, I know I put a spear down in time. And it just wasn't true, I guess. But yeah. in the, did you do that? Did you fail at all in the cave when you finally find the spear? Uh, I didn't. Once I got the spear, no. Because I'd been, been through that You had enough. enough practice, right. You had yes, enough practice. I didn't. I slipped up, missed. <laughs> Here's the difference. You don't die. Oh, you it don't? Ter- no, oh. but it will ruin some of your clothing. You'll yes. pick yourself up off the ground and have damaged health. Yeah. And you can go back at it. And I almost reloaded, but I went, if this is my shot to kill this godlike bear, Bjorn, the immortal, whatever, I'm doing it. Methuselah in costume. I don't even know. So I stayed with it, but it did it ruin like three pieces of my clothing. And the reason that's a big deal is. 
what happens when you finish this bear, you don't have to trudge back. You go into, after you kill this bear, you find your spirit, you fight the bear for one last time, and it doesn't do the normal cutscene where you stab it three times in the heart and it runs off. This time, you stab him, push him over to the side, and like a savage, crazy person, you just start gouging him in the neck and in the face or wherever else you're like gouging <laughs> this spear, and it actually kills the bear. At least you assume it kills the bear slash Methuselah slash immortal bear, whatever. <laughs> and then it cuts to you walking in Jeremiah's cabin, blurried, and barely staggering around, and you're like, I killed the bear, blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, before that, he like mournfully says something to the bear you know he didn't oh kill yeah the bear even. yeah which i thought was a little i did not agree with that really not I, i'm not upset that he's had this like love for nature because he says i didn't want to i think he says something like i didn't want to do this yeah you well, know whatever I, I don't think i don't think i feel bad. like I, I sound like a terrible person but here this bear has been stalking you dragged you back to his cave and i guess you could argue on his behalf that it was to be a companionship because like he didn't kill you so maybe he's being friendly but in my mind, this bear's been starting no. and wanted to eat you. I, I did not I feel remorse or sadness. I felt like this is one more um, I Darwinism, get, like, survival, you know, strongest fit. Because here's the thing. I would also argue if I'd have died and the bear ate me and the game's over. Yeah. And that's just the way it goes. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? I would not be like, oh, poor me. I hope the bear says a little nice saying before he eats me. No, it is what it is. You won. You got me. The spirit didn't kill you after 47 stabbings in the heart and you ate my face. I guess that's game over. Like, you know what I mean? I, you don't need to say anything sweet and bitter, bittersweet to me. Just it is what it is. Eat me and poop me out. No, fuck the bear like that inmate guy. Sorry. I sound like the biggest dick in the world. I'm not that mean, but I don't, I would not have said anything peaceful. I, I know in this situation in real life, if this would have been me, granted, this isn't a perfect replica of real life, but if this had been me and I stabbed a bear a million times and got to this point and it dragged me in the cave, nothing sweet would come out of my mouth. Probably a bunch of F-bombs and a bunch of panting and a bunch of thank God I'm still alive. I think I think I would have made a I would have made a coat out of his fur. I think there's a level of no. So I think there's a level of exasperation that would have been there. You know, like you there's a level of frustration, exasperation and like yeah, of course. I, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to have killed something that, you know, I didn't necessarily have to. But that, like, but that wasn't that. That was a have to. There's the difference that, because I do feel bad if I ever hit something with my car. Right. I do feel bad. I am one of those people. I don't like hurting things. But there's a difference in this. But the only reason why the only reason why you had to is because you're you were in this situation that you probably should have never been in. Right, I don't. You know. You put yourself in a situation that you. What did you, you knew? Did you put yourself out there? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we hundred percent. hundred percent. You agreed to 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 fly Astrid out to this fuckhole island for no goddamn reason that I'm you gonna, can discern you. Man, now you're gonna get me into this point where I'm like, well, maybe it's her fault for getting me out exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's not cool to say. That's anything, not cool. It should be Astrid's completely fault. on Astrid that you <laughs> murdered this bear. If she'd have just told us what was in the damn suitcase, maybe this whole thing wouldn't have happened. Perfect. No, no, <laughs> no I don't. I do not agree with that. Um, I said, so I, I like the bear. I like the immortal more, bear. He's cute and cuddly with two arrows. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think there's a lot of a lot, a lot of lore and a lot of mystery. Like the fact that he even started to believe in the fact that he may have been a 100 year, uh, 150 year old bear from from lore. If, like well, that's where on. he was at that point. Like. 
he just started to believe in the hype of this bear because of everything he had been been in. I would have if I had the strength after all of that. After after 547,000 stabbings to the heart, if I had the energy and the calories and the food left that I could find around that cave, I would have spent with that shitty crappy knife that you have that's probably at this point dull. I would have carved the fur off that bear and wore it out of there like a champion. I'm telling you that right now. And I'm not saying I would have had respect for the creature, but it also would have been like respect as in I should have died to this thing. I don't know. I think, I think there would have been a lot of emotions going on and that you probably, I would have like myself would have weeped out of sheer frustration and anger for the situation. And and well, and uh, excited to survive it. Sure. There There would have been so many mixed emotions that one bit of that would have been sadness for having to have murdered the, this majestic See, I don't 150 year old creature. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Agree to disagree maybe on that <laughs> one, because I think I would have cried because I'd have been like, how in the hell did I just survive that? One more thing. This place is hell on earth. How am I making it? You know? And I would have <laughs> cut its fur off and wore it as a freaking prideful, like I'd have been a proud champion of the, who killed the 150 year old immortal bear. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'd have been texting you, gloating, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, you won't believe what just happened. You got to call me when you get time. Like, that's what would have happened in that. But anyway, that bear was the main antagonist of the entire um, episode, episode two or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it right. was a bit bittersweet to see him go. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't like, if he'd have just left me alone with the head nod, meals on wheels, I probably would have never killed him. So whatever. It's fine. I, I, more, more of this is joking, but I don't, all I'm, the one thing I was saying behind this, I just know after that event, the words out of my mouth would not have been the same as Mackenzie's. Maybe it's because Canadian and these Canadians are always super nice and stuff. Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. And I'm like this dumb kid from Missouri that's like, nope, lucky to be here. <laughs> Thank <No>. you. Like, <laughs> I, Because I just don't think my, those words would have came out of my mouth. Um, probably crying though. I will agree with you on that. I'm probably crying with joy that I survived that maybe, or that I can't feel my feet because it's negative 27 <laughs> degrees, whatever. So anyway, you stumble back in, you tell Jeremiah, yes. it's this whole deal. Um, but the episode's not over just yet. No, no. It's and here's not. why not reloading and going on with the ruined clothing from the bear attack hurt me because after he goes to his bit, and you get to hear that wonderful word drop that we've been wanting what that meant. He says, yeah, you yes. want to take it from here? No, go for it. Go for it. You got it. You're good. So you talk to him. He sends you up. He says he's got some stuff to do. And you literally kind of tell him like, hey, don't make all the work I did to keep you alive for nothing. Because right. he sounds a little bit on the edge, you know, yeah. like he's, well, he's given like- up. Well, so he's like, so he's, he's like, I can't make the trip with you. Or I can't make the trip to make the, to, to send out the message. That right. I need to send. You have to go send this message for me. This message has to get out. It's super important. But I have other shit to do. Well, and you get the radio. The radio does spit something out. Yeah. But it so burns it, up the radio before he can communicate with who he was trying to. No, no, no. You're, yes. Yeah. So you, you try to contact people in Perseverance Mills, just like you've been trying to do to get a hold of Astrid, because that's where she's been going, and that's, or where you think she's been going. Right. And so you're trying to contact Perseverance Mills. You get some static message through. You hear a bit of it. You can get some sort of contact between you and Perseverance Mills. And then the radio burns up. He's super frustrated because he can't get his message out. So now he needs you to hand deliver 
his message, or at least make it to some place that can transmit the message with a better radio than he has. And so in that, in, in, in his Is stead, Carter? something like that. I, I don't even recall the name of the guy that he's going to send, yeah, but I, I, I remember Carter. the word that he's going to have you right. tell him. Tell um, him, I think it's Carter and he, and go ahead. He tells him what, tell him what. So he tells you to tell the guy that he wants you, you to tell him one word. And that word is winter mute. He'll know what it means. And for any of those that don't know what's going on, we talked about this on the last episode. The starting of the campaign on this is called Wintermute. And we both were like, that's kind of weird to just say, instead of like saying story mode or campaign. Right. But the word finally comes out and he says, tell him, I think it's Carter, tell him Wintermute and he'll know what's going on. Yeah. <clears throat> Which definitely reconfirms the whole military thing. Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely some deeper connection that they've got on. There's some code name, of course. And also, this may be a connection to the Forest Talkers. Do tell. Pray tell, sir. So I don't know, but I'm just saying, there's a code name for something. And if this is a, if this is not like a, like, so if you've been reading along in the notes, one of the things that a lot of other people have been saying about the Forest Talkers is that they're a terrorist organization. So the forest talkers are a, um, are a, uh, environmentalist group that are trying to shut down logging and mining operations in the area. That's all they're. I mean, that's what they're trying to do from what you can see in the notes, Every but people in the logging and mining industries that all are also writing notes because you're, I mean, you're going around to places. So all you see is notes from people. So you see the notes from the people in the logging and mining companies talking about them. And they talk about them like they're talking about a terrorist organization. And so if, so to me, when I heard that, when I saw that, like, okay, military expertise, guys talking about code words, is this guy military or is he part of an organization that is doing some activity? I don't know. Just saying like, yeah, or is he it. even counter terrorist? I don't right. know. Like there's, there's still, there's layers to this that could be going on. Um, so that's kind of what that came out. And then, yeah, he does tell you, he's not going to go with you because he's too weak to travel, but he's going to travel someplace else because I don't know. He's just an he's asshole. Still, he's still, well, he still has something <laughs> to do. Right. right. He's going to go, he's going to go in a couple of days and you, you literally say like, don't, like I said a minute ago. Yeah. You know, don't make me all the time I spent keeping you alive for nothing. He's like, no, it's not, it's not as far where he's doing something though. Which right. I think he's just going to go fishing on that frozen lake and stay at those cabins because <laughs> that's like the pretty close point from where he's at. He's oh, going to go find as the bear as... and he's going to make himself a coat out of that bear skin. Yeah, and then make, take the claim that he killed it. For sure. Which, that bear doesn't die, so he's going to go up there and get his ass in <laughs> him. But, and he won't have the spear, so good luck, buddy. But here's why uh, the whole gear thing. So he destroyed some like three pieces of my clothing. But yeah. after this conversation with Jeremiah, this yes. is how dark this gets. This fool kicks you out of his cabin. Locks and locks the door, door. <laughs> yes. puts all your shit on you. So you go from being, you know, the, the lean as you can, 35 to 40 pounds to 55 pounds and go, oh shit. And you got to get up to, which this is all randomized. You got to get up to the dam for the Aurora Knights because he's told you the code to get through mm -hmm. to move on. Yes. And so I try to truck it up there as quick as possible. I drop shit and I just trucked it up there. Fully for moving through the story. And Methuselah gives you an out on this. And I'm bringing up the name before I talk about this. When you get up there and the Aurora Knights start, 
Uh, it's again the whole crazy electronics thing, which I still had that little bit of fear the bear was going to come back, even though I like watched me gouge him in the neck. Yeah, I still was like, when you get out, I just had weird little. <laughs> he's going to come out of the come back from the dead. Which at this point, I hadn't fully set into my final kind of theory on some stuff. I don't have a final theory. This uh, this story, like you just said, it there are so many directions this thing can go. Right. I don't have a set like belief of what's going on, but that's, and that's maybe why I want to play it more so bad. But so you get up there, and before you go in the dam, Methuselah is outside with the fire again, mm-hmm. and he give, he tells you it, and he just says things so ominously. He's yes. like, "If you you know, there's still some stuff here. If you want to stay, and I'm assu- and I you only get the idea that he's talking about side quests and stuff that you could still figure out while you're out, forest well, talker stuff, whatever. That's yeah. the vibe I got. Was it like he was just saying, you know, um." If you still got more you want to do, you can. If you, but if you, move, no one will blame you if you want to move forward in your path. Well, so he he says this. So he says, I think it's more of a. I, I there's there's stories to be told. This is a story that needs to be told, and he's trying to get you to listen to something because I think he's he's trying to tell you what's coming. Well, like that's the not reckoning. the impression I got. No, he's trying to. So, and this is where I think that conversation ends. With if with Mackenzie acknowledging like if this is the reckoning, I hope you continue to your path. Yes, and he did I say see that. You yes. again, right? Yes. And so, but that's but that's the where, impression I got was that they were trying to let you know you didn't. If, I, was, I got the the impression if you move forward, that's the end of no. this episode. That's the, the the vibe. The impression I, I got was, hey, there's still some stuff here you can do, but if you want to move on with your story, I fully understand that. And then he says that Mackenzie goes. You know, I hope that if, it's, if this is the reckoning, I see you down the path. The whole thing's ominous and biblical and weird. I think it was that. I think it was all about making sure that um, you got the vibe that it was Methuselah talking about the reckoning and hmm. that Mackenzie is trying to move along his path and understanding that there may be something greater going on, or at least he's starting to get the idea that there's something greater going on and maybe buying into the concept, especially get with the whole bear thing that just happened. Right. Yeah. Like he's, he's starting Does maybe he bring to bring that up in that it. conversation because he has everything else. He's not what was going on. He didn't. I don't, I don't think he did, which is kind of surprising. He doesn't bring up. Oh, so you defeated nature or something, no, you know, some because, ominous thing because Will was, was so quick to just be like, I don't have time for this right now. Yeah. I need to get moving. I, I, I need to go so I can get a hold of who I need to go to. And then that's when, that's when Methuselah actually shows some frustration and is like, no, there are still stories that need to be told. See, I didn't get that vibe that he was frustrated. I got, I, no, I, got, I didn't get that at all. Because I watched that twice, actually. I, re- I reloaded once because um, at that point, uh, I I thought I'd done something wrong because I arrived there. I didn't arrive there at night. I arrived there during the day, and I had to wait not just one night. I had to wait two nights. To it's get to random, the yeah. yeah. The auroras are random. random, and so I thought I messed something up. Um, so I re relo- I went through one night, and I was like, "Huh, this is weird. There's no aurora, so I can't go so anywhere." So I reloaded. What, what happened to me, and the only reason I found out it was random, is I got there in time to get in the building, just in time for the the aurora night to end because it can end huh. in the middle of the night. So I got in the building and the lights were flicking. I was like, oh, good. And then I, kept, I thought I messed something up just like you did. And yeah. He was like, why is none of this shit working? Because yeah. the, the Aurora Nights ended while I was in the gosh dang building. So gotcha. I had to freaking go back and do the same. I had to hibernate practically by the, 
by but, the yeah, immortal fire. That's yeah. So that's the same thing I did. I just set camped out by Methuselah's fire and, and just yep. kept a dancing time. That's but, what I did. Mm-hmm. But no, I did. I definitely did not get a frustrated or like, I got a totally different impression from Methuselah than you did. But regardless, yeah, I thought it was like, um, I mean, I literally felt that it was like a foreshadowing. You move on. You can't go back and figure out like the kind of like the force talker thing. You know, I thought that was, he was trying to give you an out to go back and you can go fuck around. You don't have to continue right now. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I did move forward because I want to know what the storyline is. And I would say inside that building, even with the flashlights and the, the storm lanterns inside that building was one of the, my least favorite parts of this entire game. Oh yeah. I did not like it. It was like, it's dark and you got to use a lantern or a, or a flashlight, which is not like it was scary, but I just kept like running into the wires and like burning myself and having to reload oh. and like it was like stupid i like it wasn't like I the worst part ever but i was annoyed and i had and so much i like that part so much um it really was cool. yeah because all the flashing because it would flash and it would light up at certain times and then all of a sudden it would dim because you know the lights are affected by the aurora so however strong yeah. it is at that point it would dim or get brighter so sometimes huh. you would see yourself in a corner and all of a sudden it'd be like super dark and then it'd get real bright again so, you, but yeah, I never like, I never burned myself, but I made it all. Oh my gosh. That. Yeah. I died twice because I thought you could just <laughs> run over the wires. I was like, well, if I can just run over them, I'll heal myself on the other side. No, no. Yeah. It does not work that way. No. I got stuck in there for a minute. I mean, it took me, man, it took me long. I'll put it this way. It took me longer to get through that maintenance built, that dam. It took me twice as long to get through there than it did that bear cave. Oh, really? Oh yeah. No, easily. the bear cave took me way longer. Nope. So uh, opposite. But yeah. I want you to finish this through. Now, what happens when you get in that dam after you decide to move forward and not do anything else? So once you get through to the bottom of the dam, so you, you make it to the elevator, you get through the bottom to, of the, the uh, dam, you make it out to the other side and you get to a door. It looks like you're going to make it out. And suddenly you hear a thump and... It's the immortal bear back again. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. And your screen slides sideways and uh, you, you come to and um, there's a, a person questioning you about the case that you've been carrying that's locked, saying that he doesn't like locked cases. There are no locked things in, yeah, in, in his, his world. world. Yes. Oh, so weird. It is. He, so did you see that creepy. he had oranges on? Yes, he did. Yeah, he, he had did. he had he had the oranges. oranges. So, um, yeah, it was uh, an escaped uh, convict um, that you've been who- seeing all over um, all over the map. Bodies have been scattered everywhere. There have been escaped convicts, apparently, and he is one of them. Well, and back to the first episode, the prison bus that wrecked yep. from when everything went out. It was yep. full of inmates. So. What did you find anything weird about the conversation with this guy? I mean, a lot. I mean, there was a lot weird about him talking about the locks and and stuff, but not beyond that, not really. Why? Um, I mean, I just find it was, it just felt very not so much him. So, what was his name? Um, was it Mathis? I think that's Mathis. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Mathis. I found it very weird that Mackenzie's responses. It's like. If there was anything, and I don't, I, I would like to put out this, that I don't know that the, the people that wrote this, I'm not saying they did this intentionally, but I would like to give them credit if they did. Um, they try to show you the hardened person that McKenzie has become from the situations he's went through because you don't back down. You don't cry. No. You don't do anything, but practically tell the guy 
a bunch of funny ass shit if it's the last word you're gonna say. Yeah. I mean, no, you yeah. have every I mean, rebuttal back is like comical. Like you don't like f you, buddy. I just killed a nine thousand pound <laughs> moral bear. Do you think you're going to stop me? He is definitely a different person than he was in the beginning of the game. Um, and, and like I said, I I would like to give the creators of this credit that they were trying to show that through the dialogue. Maybe, and it may it may it, not have been intentional, but it worked. It may just been his reaction to the scene. I don't know, but like. How how it was voice acted, the the writing on the lines, yeah, definitely. Like he wasn't taking shit for it. Like, hey, I've been through some stuff. I I get where you're at. I can't do anything for that. What the fuck do you want me to do? Right. Like, we're here now. Cool. Let's move. He punches you several times. Right. Pretty hard. It looks like you know. Uh, I mean, not nine thousand pound of mortal bear hard, but like <laughs> you know, but like he and your guy and all McKenzie says back is like. He's like, uh, what's the code to it? And he, he, I don't even remember what you say, but it's like not even like I really don't know. I promise you, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't even say he didn't even say anything that like that. That no. to be honest, he just is like some retort back that's like, yeah, I don't get no fuck off, buddy. Like, right. come on, bud. You know, just something funny. And I was like, what the heck? And that's how this actual episode ends. Right. Yeah, you end on that with. Mathis torturing you trying to get the code for the and, well and he brings up a girl and he goes oh that gets oh, your attention that's right yes yeah and then so you'll meet her soon enough you'll meet it, it the line that ends this episode is oh don't worry you'll meet her her soon yes and boom cut scene again credits roll and you think this game is over no dude would you like after the five minutes of credits would you like to continue the story right and then you go to episode three and by the way this has a beautiful intro to like a movie almost with the music and the cut I scenes. Love the, I love the that f- intro. Oh, me too. And dude, Shay was like, yeah, you know, Shay, we've talked about this in a long time ago. Like Shay with like the ending of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes, <laughs> I found a way to flip it in. Uh, <laughs> just spit on it, slip it right on in here. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Shay was the one that cried at the ending. The, the big intro to this, Shay was just like, I just love this game. Like he's just so <laughs> into it. I just it, like the storyline captivates him too, you know? Yeah. And so you get the beautiful intro again, and it kind of gives you clips or scenes from like what's coming almost not like, not like events, but more like scenery. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so now this is what's cool is what do you wake up to in episode three? Well, you're not the same person anymore. Um, you're, you're now Astrid. You're playing as the point of view of Astrid. And, it's not, it's not from the beginning. It's from after Astrid has escaped Milton. Um, so after she's crawled through the tunnel, she's been found. Well, you don't even wake up to that. Like you, you first come into a scene where you're first watching person a person. View. Yeah. Yeah. You're watching, you're, you're in a person going through, looking at, uh, looking inside of a vehicle at a frozen body and just sees it. So it's like, she's just walking down the road, whatever. Um, and then you hear a crow off and off to what is like your left. And then yes. she starts walking that way and you see another body on the ground. And she walks closer to the body all the way up to it, sees that it's Astrid on the ground. And I don't know that I even noticed that it was Astrid at that I point. I did. I thought I she did. was dead. So, ba- mm-hmm. so it's kind of funny because... So Bailey has is behind on episodes, mm-hmm. and she has I don't know what she's one she's on, but and she also didn't see much of this gameplay, so she's coming and I've been trying to fill her in on it, but she's got a lot going on, you know, like 
she's trying to wrap up her clinicals for boards. I mean, it's been chaos around our house. And so I was like, trying, I was like, you got to pay, like watch this storyline. So she was, she came in with the immortal bear. So she was kind of annoyed with that. Cause she's like, why is this bear not dead? <laughs> you know, like in the practical, you know, pragmatic, whatever, like mindset, like, okay, this makes no sense. Like the bear should be dead. So she was kind of like, what in the world's going on? And I'm like, this story is bananas. I've been trying to get you to pay attention to this for a while, Yeah, you know? And so she was actually watching on the scene. I was like, that's Astrid. Like I like yelled <laughs> and I was like, that's. She's and so she's like, well, she ain't no more. <laughs> she said something funny like, "Ain't asked her no more," you know, because she looks dead. I mean, you assume that's dead. Yeah, yeah, she looks nearly frozen. Right, and that is the the person you don't know at the moment is Anna, right? And she carries you back to her home, and you wake up in her house. Yeah, and the verse vibe I got was not negative, but no. boy, it takes a sharp turn, don't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> go for it though. <laughs> you want me to take this, or you yeah, take go this? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. You take it. So, all right. So he, <laughs> so you take, you wake up, and everything in the conversation mostly just seem, makes her seem pretty friendly. And it isn't until, and she tells you, you talk for a little bit, but she does. She pushes on one question, and that's the first clue you get that it's a little bit weird. I'm, I would like to give a lot of props to the writing on dialogue on this because. It is so subtle and well done. It's like a Quentin Tarantino film with like good dialogue, you know, where the first playthrough, you just look at the like the visuals. And you're like, eh. but then when you actually pay attention to what's being said and you go, this is kind of genius. Same yeah. situation. She she comes off completely normal. Uh, everything's fine. And she puts a little pressure on the topic where she wants you to tell her your story now that you've regained some of your strength. And you're like, well, you know, and you're like, she's like, you're not going to tell me, are you? I mean, it gets kind of fucking weird at that point. And this is probably, I don't know, halfway through the conversation. She goes out hunting, yeah. brings you back food, drops it on the floor, comes in. The conversation continues. Oh, glad to see you up. You've regained some strength, whatever. And then it gets weird from there. And I'm, I'm trying to think what she says that triggers she, it. She asks about her, uh, husband. her husband because she she's goes, like, this is a pretty big house. Yeah, she goes, she, she goes, so where's your husband? She goes, what makes you think I have a husband? Well, this is a pretty big house. You can't be here For alone. one person, right. Yeah. And, she, and then, yeah. It, it, and she brings up the sound that she heard on exiting and entering. Right. And then, yeah, she also brings up the sound. And, and she goes, was, Astrid well, goes, so I noticed there's a lock. You locked a padlock on your way out. And when you came back in, am I stuck here? And all she keeps repeating is, it's not safe for you out there. So I am stuck here. Well, it's just not safe for you out there. And then the husband line comes up, and then she gets frustrated, and she goes to leave, and you're like, yes. you just went hunting out, or you're going to go again? She goes, yeah, I just need to think. Right. And so then you get to travel, and here's where my glitch happens. Okay. And it, and it happens only in this episode, and it happens a lot, and it's very, very unnerving. Like, it's very maddening. My user interface takes away any of my stuff that I can see what I'm doing. It takes away my four health bar things, uh -huh. my four little radial deals. It takes away my thing to click on stuff. I can't see anything. I can see the visuals, but I can't see if I'm, you know how when you scroll across any item that's, that's you can yeah. click on. Yeah. That's gone. Doesn't show me the name of the item. Doesn't show me my, my, um, it only eye. does it for me in that house. Does it for me everywhere. Does it for me the entire episode. That mm. I've played up to and I have to reload. If I reload, it'll bring it up. So when I'm first, I thought it was because I was, you're injured when you first wake up. Right. And so you're stumbling through the house. So I can't see what I'm clicking on. So I just start clicking all over the house. 
you unlock a few little visuals where like she says something, she picks up the picture frame. This must have been oh, I didn't Anna get from before. Oh. I I didn't get I couldn't get anything in the house to so that's not just a you thing. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't get anything see. in the house to trigger. Oh, I just kept clicking. I couldn't see anything. I just kept clicking all throughout the house. There's like three or four things that you interact with. Mm. If you just click all over the house, like the picture frame in one of the rooms is one of them. The broken rifle is one of them. Um, now I'm like, okay, so now I got to find more gear so I can make a jump back out to that stupid house. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's like, okay. Is she a millionaire? The house was insanely nice, by the way. Yeah. Like when you start looking at that house, like that is a big fucking, excuse me. That's a big house. Like right. a beautiful big house, with, like fireplaces, in, like every room. I'm like, what is she? What is this? Beauty and the Beast out here? I think she's the beast. The mortal bears, the, the girl. I don't even know. Cause that girl was pretty brute. But anyway, I won't get into that. So when all of a sudden you hear a phone ring. Yes. After you, tri- for me, it was after I triggered a couple things. The phone. Um, and you're still walking all sloppy faced. Because yeah. it's like Red Dead Redemption drunk scene. You're still walking kind of sideways because uh, you're injured or whatever. And she she has the phone and she answers. And you're like, oh, what? And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you picked up. And it's Anna. She says mm-hmm. she's gotten pinned down in the barn by wolves. It just explains to you to go to the basement, get her gun, your revolver out for protection, get stuff on, and come help her out of this barn. And do you want me to go on from here? Yeah, keep going, man. Okay. Now, like normal fashion, I love, so we, from where we're at, we don't see these kind of situations. I would assume in the great North and anything really cold with lots of blizzards, this is common. And for whatever reason, I really like it, but she has a line ran, a guideline ran from the house to the barn. You see it in Red Dead too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not, not just Red Dead. Um, no, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Yeah. Hateful Eight. They have a line ran. And so I know that must be a common thing in blizzards and stuff to, to find your way back. Yes. Which is just insane, which also makes me really intrigued by this. So she says, <laughs> follow the line. And when you're down in the basement getting a gun, you discover a body. Well, it's not just you discover. There's like, there's some a tremors. Su- yeah. I, okay. So I'm not crazy. Right. So no. there's like a mini earthquake. Right. And I was like, what is happening? And so there's some tremors arm and an arm flops out from on top of a table underneath a, a sheet that's on there. Okay. And yeah. So and- real quick. Now I can finally introduce one of my last final theories, which is not at all accurate. It doesn't fit any of the other sci-fi shit, but I text you about it and I think you laughed about it. (laughs) So when she says she's pinned down by the wolves and trying to get in, your Astrid literally says, well, wolves don't act like that towards people. And she goes, are you not listening? Blah, 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 blah. And she gets mad at you. And then you go downstairs and you find the dead body. And my first brain went, oh, these are werewolves. This whole story is about werewolves <laughs> and sci-fi. I can see I how like, you made that jump. I was like, I was like, yeah, they're not normal wolves. They're werewolves. That's why there's wolves all over the place. And that guy down there, she killed him, and it's her husband, so she's sad, but she had to kill him because he's a freaking werewolf too. That's what this storyline's about. Okay, got it. So I like, grab the stuff. I'm like, I'm going to go stop this girl from the werewolf attack. And I thought the whole way following that line to the blizzard, I'm not kidding you, at least 45% of my thought process was like, I'm going to come up on werewolves around this house. <laughs> there's going to be werewolves trying to climb into this barn and I'm going to have to try to save her from werewolves. Nice. It's not, it's wolves and they attack yeah, just you. Straight up wolves. Just straight up wolves. You attack them. They attack you, whatever you go in the barn. There's a bigger one, dead arrow stuck in it. You can loot right. those arrows by the way. Yes. Um, and that, that thing that you user interface thing out here, it happened to me out there too. Oh really? Okay. Oh yeah. In the barn too. Um, but again, cause she has landlines set up all over and she explains that landlines work and not, anything else 
Yeah, so it's the which explains the phone ring out at the Spencer Helmstead with the the spear. Yes, it doesn't does. explain who was calling and why they hung up. No, still some mystery eluding that cloud. But so she calls you while you're in the barn. Sorry, I couldn't wait. I found the bow I forgot last summer. Killed the wolf. Where is she going? Why is she <laughs> t- pulling you out of the hat? Like I, you tell her you find the body. She gets a little weird, but not super mad about it. I mean, she does say, "I told you to stay out of my shit." I yeah. think that's a quote. Quote from Anna. Yes. I told you to stay out of my shit. She's tough, dude. She's tough as nails. She could have <laughs> killed that bear the first go around. We took 10 tries. <laughs> but regardless, she's gone. You collect some stuff and you've started over with nothing because you're not McKinsey anymore. No, that's that's one of the things that I I, uh, I think is the most challenging about starting with Astrid is you have nothing. And the clothes that Astrid has are Do essentially- not keep you warm. Yeah, they're the same clothes that she came out of the the Minecraft with. Yeah, they're they're torn up. They're not very good. They're not suited to be out there. Not like what you built with Mackenzie. Mackenzie, you had the chance to go get mountaineering boots. You had the chance. To, I mean, several chances along the way to capture um, parkas, all sorts of different stuff. Like I had all sorts of gear that I. I mean, I had two parkas on. Um, two, I did too. I had a military two sweaters. coat on too. Did you? Did no. you find the military coat? I, I did find the military coat, but I didn't take it. I had two I did because it was better, uh, oh, better warm stats. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, unless there was a blizzard, I got to a point where I had so much gear on. My temperature did not drop unless there was a blizzard. Yeah. The same. That Which was McKenzie. awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, but with Astrid, just anything, just stepping outside, her temperature starts to drop. Right. And it's displayed through, so you have the temp radial dial, but how mm-hmm. it's actually displayed on how much it's dropping is little arrows. And they, you can tell how quickly because they stagger. So it can go up to like three arrows, negative right. arrows. And so with Astrid, it's like always negative three arrows. You know, yes. Your temp is just dropping. Yeah. She's and Wolf's love, freezing. I think, see, and I don't know if this is a sexist thing. I don't think it's meant to be, but I, I'm telling you, Wolves were way more aggressive with her than they were McKinsey. Well, so, so I maybe think, they like. I think that is the, the placement of the wolves around the property that she's on, like specifically because you have to go from the house to the barn and you specifically have to battle wolves to get to the barn. Like, but after you. But even after I left there, I ran into like three that came at me like hard, like not right outside of the building. But so I went, you get the quest to find Thompson's crossing. Yes. And you can already see several places you could go. Yeah. And I went to the outbuildings. Okay. I did not go to the outbuildings. I went to a build. I followed a dead, um, the, like one of the drivers or the guards to the inmate bus. Oh, I went, so I, I found them, but I did not go further that way. I can't remember. I think it was further south. I did not go further south to get to the actual bus that it was. I, I found the note and I took the, the improvised shank out of the body. Yep. Uh, I did the, the same body. thing, but did you go find the inmate down there in the house? I found the, I found the inmate, but I didn't go further to the bus. Okay. Like, I didn't go to the there bus. Like, isn't like there, isn't there like mountains further down that you can go to as well? Yeah. And I think there's like a supposed to be a crash thing or something mm-hmm. to, to kind yes. of solve the mystery of them in there. Yes. No, I didn't so go I, do that yet because. I figured there's still going to be more I could do in the episode. So I was like, okay, I'm going to save this for later. So what I did was got the improvised shank, killed the wolf that was chasing me right by the guard, ran down to the inmate, found the note, whatever, found his stuff. And there's like some revolver rounds by him too and coal and stuff. So I just started a fire um, right there, warmed up because my temp was so low already. Oh yeah. Holy crap. So I stayed right there, warmed up, got all my stuff ready again and took off again. 
and made it to Thompson's Crossing. I got in a couple cars, got tried to loot them, and then got to Thompson's Crossing, and you see this community building. And this is where we both kind of ended. And this is why yes. I don't know that we'll make a third episode. I can't promise that to our fans or any people listening. Um, but I will say this. like I'm sure we will talk about on some episode, we will at least discuss if we go further. I would think. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to a third one. I th- do feel like we do have a lot of lineups coming up. Like, but I don't mean, know. That we'll, yeah. I don't know that we'll do a third one, but maybe if there's a, a way to, to talk about this and how it resolves going forward, like, because so there's, we still, should just do a mini episode, man. Pop something in somewhere. There's still like a chapter three or so there's still all of chapter three to get through. There's chapter four and then eventually they're going to release chapter five. So, I mean, there's still more to this that's going to come out. Chapter five resolves the entire winter mute. Um, oh, episode five or whatever. Episode five is supposed to be the, the full resolution of Oof. the story. So Maybe we'll still, wait till that gets released and then we'll try to play through it and see what happens. I think that's probably what we should do at this point. Like, I think there's enough of that invested into this is that we wait until chapter five comes out, play through everything, and then do a final recap of everything. Yeah, yeah I would but, be down for that. But yeah, so <clears throat> instead of me just going straight to uh, Thompson's Crossing, I was running into the same issues. Like, her, her temperature drops so fast. I w- went up to the outbuildings to see if there was any gear up there. I just went straight up to the outbuildings, one to warm up, two to see if there was any gear. I could warm up, but there was zero for gear. There was a little bit of food, but that was about it. Hmm. Um, and then I, I went off to Thompson's Crossing. Um, other than that, um, the only other thing I found was the uh, Forest Talkers Note Part 2. And this okay. is where it got a little bit interesting for me. So I completed all of the Forest Talkers stuff in, in Episode uh, two. 2. And so in this one, you get the Forest Talkers Note for Part 2. And the first, that note, it says something about, man, I wish I would have written this down, but um, it says something about they, they live so far away from nature. They don't know what it's like to live in nature anymore. They, they just live around it. They don't know what it's like to actually live in it anymore, but we're going to change that. Oh man, I could see how you would interpret that as a big deal to the storyline. So to me, this is where my theories kicked in is I think they really have something to do with the auroras. With the attack on all electronics and stuff? Correct. I think that's yeah. what they have something to do with. I mean, that makes it sound like that. Right. And maybe maybe they titled that mission Wintermute. Right. That's- or Werewolf. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're werewolves still. I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, this, this game has been very intriguing to me to figure out what exactly is going on. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's continued to hold up, man. Uh, if yes. not improve, if not improve, right. like this next chapter, I think proves to be an even more challenging chapter than the previous two. The first one was all about acclimation to the environment. The second one was about, Proving your 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 uh, ad- adaptation across yeah, long trial distances, and error almost, yeah, right. And this one is about okay. Now you know what it's like with the gear. What is it like without it? Yeah, let's take everything away from you. Right, like the story of Job in the Bible or something. You know, like, will you will you still be a believer after everything's gone? Let's, <laughs> let's just take it all from you and see what happens. But I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, you've been stripped of everything with with uh, Astrid, and now you've got to kind of challenge yourself to get through it um 
it's uh it's a fun game uh, I, I don't know uh, so did we we decide we were actually going to give these a second rating or yeah I, I want to i know i know we don't know your rating from before i can't recall unless you can recall it I can't recall but, it. I'd have to go back and listen to the episode, but I don't, yeah. I don't imagine this is going to be lower. Well, and I actually, it's kind of funny. So, you know, we've been get we've talked before about like health and fitness and like, you know, we're, we've both tried to really get our health under control. And mm-hmm. I think you've done an outstanding job in the last couple of years, you know? And so I've been jogging again and I actually put it on today. Um, the last, the episode that we did on this, because I was trying to see what we actually went through and talked about. I was trying to get a recap, but I only made it like 20 some minutes into it, uh, you know, and I never had a chance because I wanted to play more too before we record tonight. It just didn't really happen. The only yeah. thing I did tonight before we recorded was, so we make it to Thompson's Crossing. There is a, um, there is a community center and there's people gathered mm. in, in beds and a preacher who actually for the first time in all of the game, maybe besides gray mother actually fits their role and doesn't seem very odd. Like, at well, first, I first I thought he was odd, but the more you talk to him, he yeah, just seems overly religious. He doesn't really come off as like, because I thought there was going to be this undertone of like, this guy's a serial killer. You just no, trust he nobody at this point. You know what he, I mean? Yeah, he doesn't seem odd. He just seems like, you know, he's out there and a lot of odd things have happened. And so he's just trying to cope with what's going on around him and help people. Yeah. Is I, what like really I said, seems. I got. I got a pretty, for all the intuition that's been right so far on this game, uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I did not get a bad vibe from this dude after the full conversation, which you ta- you check on the people because you're a doctor and he doesn't believe you that you're not from that wreck. You try to explain to him you're from another plane wreck and he's like, yeah, no, you just don't remember. Right. Like, no, I'm like literally not from the same plane wreck, but all those people in there are from another plane that went down and you check on them and I, you said you didn't. Well, he says they're from another plane wreck. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Well, based on their, based on what's happened to them, mm-hmm. it kind of is fitting though, because they all have, if you check all of them, 90% of them are just concussions and hypothermia. There's one diabetic and there's right. one something else that you can heal with pain, with pain meds or something. Yes. But okay. So he's saying that they're based on, but he doesn't say he didn't see the, he didn't see it. He, he says just based on, or something, yeah. he heard an explosion and saw the fire. That was it. Well, I think just some people tell him it's a plane wreck because if you, okay, so if you click on all the people and then you go back and report to them what you found, mm-hmm. you go into a whole long storyline of the whole looking for insulin. Cause he's like, I have, I don't know anybody that would have that. And he goes into whole, like how you're trapped and it would take, you know, it's going to take weather to straighten out before the passing's cleared. Right. Blah, 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 blah. And he says, so you're like, well, any tips would help to like heal these people. And he gives you a cross on a necklace or a rosary or whatever to take with you which Astrid's like anti-religion. She's like, I don't really want this. I don't believe in this. He's like, I can't go with you. I'm not strong enough. It would make me feel better if you take it on my behalf because I can't be there to pray because he goes on this long bit about a lot of these people lost their loved ones in this plane wreck or whatever it is. And so it's not just about healing and getting better with the body. He says, you also have to heal the mind. Some of these people are going to freak out when they realize their partner's no longer there, but they need that. kind of conclusion like they need to know so they can move on so he says whatever information you can find out about who's left or who's gone or whatever that'd be great take this rosary so you can pray on my behalf because i won't be there and he says she, she you're like any tips that help like what am i supposed to do and he's like he's like she's like how am i supposed to know it's the luck you know whose luggage is whose for the insulin for the diabetic what stage one diabetic and he literally says you're just gonna have to go through all of it i don't know which is a very realistic answer like he's like i don't 
Like, how would I be able to tell you this person's like passed out or whatever? And that's how that, that's how, where I left the game at. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I think, you know, his, his dialogue says that there are some people that are very confused about what's happened. I don't know that anybody gave him a clear, straightforward story about where they came from and that people wandered out of the forest days apart. And so, um, they may have all come from the same place and they may not have all come from the same place. They may have come from an, a plane crash, but they also, it may have been something different. This may be related to the forest talkers is Maybe. what I'm thinking. Maybe you know, I, if, if there, there is smoke on the way there though, from something. Right. But if the forest talkers are responsible in some way for triggering those, the auroras, could that have somehow triggered an explosion? Yeah, I mean, explosion. maybe. And I mean, that's a good theory for sure. Would that have caused that that shake in the house that exposed the arm in in uh, uh, Anna's basement? And is Anna somehow involved in that with her being as cagey as she is? I mean, she acts very much like Jeremiah. More than that. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, though? Like, she gives you that vibe, though, like, right, almost militant. She seems militant to me. Yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. I think there's there's probably still more going on, and you'll find we'll find out as we go through the episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. or Anubis broke out of the ground, or at least his <laughs> will back on the earth, you know, yeah, and it's turning people into what they call we think are werewolves, but they're dog people for Anubis. I don't know. This story has been super interesting to me. For sure. The, the Aurora lights, the bear, the, the mystery around all of it. I mean, I mean, let's for a quick, quick, quick recap. You break this story down as much as you can. You boil it down to the basis. It's ex-wife convinces you to take her to the great bear lake, whatever, has a mysterious case. Won't answer your questions. You wreck the plane. No electronics work. She's gone. You're trying to find her. Gray mother's weird and crazy. Prisoners escape. You think that explains all the weirdness? It doesn't. This weird Methuselah guy's telling you all this shit that's always uh, ominous and like for what is that fortuitous, but like you know, like foreshadowing, like weirdly knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you kill this immortal bear that weighs nine thousand pounds and can't die, and you still haven't found Astrid, and you've just made your way through towns, and there's you're isolated, almost to the point of being alien isolation, and you hear phone rings that don't aren't answered, and here you are, like <laughs> I mean, and you yeah. get knocked out by some weird. We thinks a criminal. We think knocked out, and you become Astrid, and you're gonna. I have kind of thought that the storyline would lead Astrid up to you. I don't think this is in the future. I don't think this is even present tense, and I could be completely wrong. Hmm. I think you're playing from Astrid's point of view, catching up to where McKinsey is. Probably at this point, yeah. That's that's what I think, um, because I well, think she is going to save you, but I don't know that. I, I think if, if I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong there. Um, I think at this point she has to, I think Will's in a spot that, that she has to, um, I don't know how else Will gets out of the situation he's in. Right. And I like, forgot to include in that quick, 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 quick recap. There's Aurora lights and glowing dogs and weird <laughs> shit, you know? Right. And lights are, and, and electricity only comes on during the Aurora nights yes. or lights, excuse me, nights, lights. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I'm, I'm super impressed, and I like I said, I really thought playing this farther, it would go down. Not a lot, unless it just got really terrible. I really thought it would taper off and go down and taper off. 
on my rating, but it actually climbed a few points for me. Yeah. I will go first if you would like. Well, I, I mean, you do the game thing, so I'm going to make you go first anyway. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's what I figured. Um, so, um, I mean, shoot, we just talked about this thing. We've talked about it before. I'm not going to go super long on this. I, I think you all know how we feel. Um, I don't know what my rating was last time, so I can't even tell you like where it was and how this compares. All I can say is I think this is not a solid nine, five. This is easily the, the best game we've ever played on this podcast. Um, how this doesn't get better from here. I don't know. Like, I just got to see the resolution of it at this point. Right. I have to see how this plays out. <laughs> like yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm that sold on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is on a level of interesting enough to me that like, if I had no time to play games, I would almost watch someone, a playthrough of this just to see what happens. Yeah. And that's weird. I, I've never said that in my life. No. I mean, I, I just want to watch the story. Like, I just want to see what happens. Um, it's, it's not written just like a game. It's written more than that. It's, it's different. It's a different kind of game. Um, I, I definitely like it. It's, it's a, it's a huge sell for me. Um, if you can pick it up, pick it up, definitely play it. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, and I'm going to, um, curtail off of you. I'm going to just follow right up on that because so like eight hit follow up on that. So I was 8.9 last time. And this just proved to me it had the ability to go even further. I, it's a 9.5 for me as well. Um, I mean, I think the, the few glitches that are in it, you know, the user interface problem and a few other things they can improve on graphics and a few just a few things that really wouldn't make or break it. But could you could still improve? Mm. I, I would say a 9.5 as well. I'm very intrigued by this game. I hope to play it more and finish it, even with our next assignment, which we'll get into in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's get into this beer. We have not talked about this beer the whole time. At all. And it's I, like <laughs> not even. No, but I drank it. both of them a long time ago. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this coffee brew, I think has to be one of the best pairings we have made, um, um, because I, I didn't bring it, it up while we were, and I didn't bring it up while we were talking about it, but towards the end of our stint on this game, before you become Astrid, mm-hmm. I was way more about brewing coffee than earlier on. There I brewed was, coffee all the time on every time I made a fire, you bet your ass I made coffee and drank it. There was more times than not that I was trying to brew some coffee because uh, so one of the things that I did to ditch weight was actually dump my coffee. I, and I regretted that I dumped my coffee grounds because as you get further along and the far stretches of, of distance, you have to cover that your, your tiredness factor yes. goes Isn't down that weird how rapidly, like the one radial dial, I'm sorry if I interrupt you, the one radial dial I never had issues with because you kind of go through phases. Yeah. It was temperature for a while. Then it was yep. food for a while. <clears throat> then it became tiredness for me. I never had an issue with water. No. Yeah. Water was always, water's been the Which one that I, I've never had an issue with. And it was the one I was the most concerned with when we started this game. And it was the one I never really worried about. Even as Astrid, I just, the first fire I made, I just started boiling water because she right. also has a jug, which is thank the Lord in heaven, these creators put that in there. Right. Um, but yeah, ty- you're not wrong. Tiredness did become an issue to get these long quests done. Even like, even to for the point example, I, the transponders. Yes. To do that in one stint. I was like, all right, put a fire up. Let's have some coffee. Let's roll. Yeah. I mean, even to the point that on, uh, I think on that one in particular, um, I, I burned, no, it wasn't that one. It was on my way back the first time from getting the spear on my way back. I was almost burned out tired. Yeah. So I used one of the stim packs. Really? Like the, the inst- Did you mm-hmm. ever use one of those? Yeah. Why does it make your screen all weird? 
Yeah, you, <laughs> well, because you're you're hopped up on crank, man. Is like, that what that? It's like a fallout thing. It's like uh, yeah, it's like smack. Yeah, I thought it was just when I said stim pack, I was thinking like typical game, like heals your health a little bit. I think no. it'll make me all twacked out sideways, geeking out sideways. Like no, no, you're it. taking speed is what it, <laughs> it feels like. Yeah, where did I get one of those at? <laughs> I don't know, but I had a couple, so I uh, I took one. I was like. I got to get through it. And then you get, I mean, it doesn't last very long. I, I barely made it back to uh, um, Jeremiah's place. But uh, yeah, I mean, during that whole episode, that was the thing that was the most bothersome. Yeah. And so this winter grind fit, I felt like really well. Um, we didn't talk about it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a very subtle, good. Well, I say subtle. Actually, I kind of say more robust coffee flavor. Yeah. Um, it was, it a was kind of like a, a good, nice, dark, dark roast coffee. Um, yeah, this really what it reminded me of just like drinking yeah. a nice, but it, like a, a cold cup of, uh, dark, dark roast. roast. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like a medium roast or a little bit of coffee hint, like we've had some of these milk stouts that have some little bit of coffee taste. No, yeah. this was like a dark roast, cold yeah. brew coffee. You exactly. know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. So no nitro cold brewed. Um, <laughs> but and I'm going to I'm going to read this here. This mother's we didn't really talk much about this and I'll wrap it up and maybe maybe not do them the justice they deserve. But this mother's brewery is from Springfield. So it is local to us to some degree. Uh South Missouri or Southern Missouri to us. Um and it is I'll just read this little bit I got about the Wintergrind. Wintergrind Coffee Stout. A brew for gearing up and a brew for winding down. But I repeat myself your morning cup meets your after-work pint in a dry English stout loaded with big, bright coffee flavor and aroma. We partner with our caffeinated compatriots at Mudhouse Coffee to delight the senses with a brew that delivers two of life's necessities in one delicious drinkable bottle. And I feel like that fits really well. Um, 6% ABV, um, bold roast, bold flavor, pairs with Oaxaca mole pork, I don't know what that's actually saying, a full stack of flapjack, sweet potato casserole, or tiramisu. Which I could definitely drink this with some flapjacks. It is so much so, coffee flavor. I'll have to uh, correct you on the first one. Thank the you. Waka mole. Wa- oh, I knew that. I've just never seen it spelled. Okay. Yes. Right on. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yes. I knew as soon as I read that, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And no, it is a really good coffee brew. Um, I'm going to say my rating is, let me think about it's, I've had those two gone for so long that should say something. <laughs> I'm going to go 7.8 coffee stout. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Like <laughs> That's where I was at, man. Um, really? You <laughs> do that sometimes. I think that's weird. <laughs> no, that's what I had picked out, um, actually. A 7.8. That's, that's kind of where I was at. Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't remind me of just like a straight up um, stout beer. It is one of those, if, if you have a coffee lover, um, this is, this is an interesting beer because it's, it it is that roasty coffee style. It is just like drinking a cup of cup of Joe in the morning. It's, that's what it it reminds me of. Like my morning cup of coffee. Well, Uh, they say a a cup of flat, uh, they say a a stack of flapjacks. I I could see that. I mean, I could could (laughs) easily see that. I think the, the sweet syrupy taste of flap, of like pancakes and stuff. Yeah. Buttery syrupy pancakes, which I actually like to put a little bit of peanut butter on my pancakes too. Oh, yeah. I think would go with this freaking perfectly. Like if I would absolutely, yeah. if we're on a weekend with no work and we're just partying it up or, you know, whatever vacation. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And I think because a lot of the stouts we have are usually like creamier or have more of like a milk yeah, base. It was this not does creamy. not. No. Right. No. It's 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 a black cold brew straight. coffee. Yeah, it's just straight, just smooth. It's not creamy. It's just it's just what it is. I mean, they said it's a winter grind. It's just like that. It's just like you you just set a, a a cup of coffee in the fridge overnight. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, in all honesty, so we're coming out of the winter season. I think you know Missouri weather's kind of crazy. So so we never we know. Could, we never like, know. It could be eighty two degrees setting records today, and like <laughs> yeah, blizzards tomorrow. So we'll, right, we'll exactly. Know. So I think this is a good to wrap up the winter season. Um, I don't think we'll have another winter style beer. You know, if we unless we do a leftover episode that has you know, that we feature some older beers as we're coming out of season. Most likely this would be probably one of our last winter ones. And I think to fit with the long dark, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had great success with the what snow beast. Mm-hmm. Um, that oh, was yeah. an amazing beer. Uh, I think this winter grinds really good too, for, and it features well with what we did and it was a grind, but not in the negative sense. It was a push through the snow hellscape. What's going to hit you next. Mm. Can I make it to the next fireplace to warm up some coffee and survive? For more storyline, that's what this was. I think it fit perfectly. Uh, kudos to both Happy and um, if Sir, if you're ready, I think we can get prepared to say what's coming up next. Yeah, I think so. But I think this time you're going to do that part. So I'll let you take that away. I will, because a while back we talked about how you know we had some friends of the podcast just bringing us some beer, bringing us some brew, and I am super stoked that that happened. And it's kind of good because I have eyes in the market, but. These guys both brought me stuff I don't have eyes on, which is pretty cool. And I'm going to try to get this right. So we got this. Tim Benedict has been listening since day one. Good friend of the podcast. Good friend of ours. Awesome dude. Brought us this hoof-hearted brewing, if I'm saying this right. (laughs) Most great value brand version of Mario and Donkey (laughs) Kong I've ever seen. Please don't sue me, Nintendo. Uh, I didn't make it. (laughs) I didn't make it. Yeah. Talk to them. Talk to hoof-hearted brewing. I don't know. It's hilarious, though. I, and uh, the picture, any of those listening, look up Conky Dong Hoof Hearted Brewing because the picture on this can is hysterical. I wish they had some crappy, methed out version of a snapping turtle because it'd be perfect <laughs> as Bowser. But whatever, that's not my not my thing to solve. So it is. Let me see here if I can get all this right. It is a quadruple quadruple dry hop triple India Pale Ale, um, called He's torturing me. He's torturing yeah. me. <laughs> what yeah ipa podcast coming back at you strong um but no so he got us this and what better way to pair this than something else you love sir as the nintendo switch so we're gonna do since this was a weird version of looking of mario there it is uh, i thought why not do another weird version of mario with paper mario and the origami king and i think it came out a year or two ago it's not super old so we're gonna do that Uh, We're going to pair those two, and we will see you on the next episode. Sir, let's take it away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I guess this... Let me finish this up. This is also my part. Uh, Formula's a little off, sir. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So if you like drinking... Or you like gaming. Join us next time on The Monologues.